you all are doing well during this time that we are required to stay at home. It's so good to have you logged in today and be with us online. Uh, appreciate Charlie and the worship team. They've done a fantastic job through this. The entire team has done such a good job, and we're so appreciative of everything. Uh, we're going to go ahead right now, and we're going to take up the offering. We do this every Sunday, and um, they asked me this week to kind of uh, reach out to you and bring a quick word because of, of what Gen U is continuing to do, and that is that we haven't stopped ministry. Uh, I know that we're not at the office and we're not being able to meet together as a congregation, but we are still continuing to do ministry. And, and uh, what I want you to understand and want you to know is that we're going to continue to do this as long as we possibly can. We have a number of missionaries around the world that, that desperately need our support. Uh, they're in places where, where they are literally locked down and can't go anywhere and get out of their houses or anything because of, of the, the COVID-19. But just in, in February and March alone, just so you to get a picture of what Gen U is doing, and we continue to do, and that just in January and March alone, or February and March alone, we've given almost $15,000 to ministries and missions here locally and around the world. We continue to support sharing and caring, uh, children in crisis, other areas around, other ministries here in our local area, as well as ministries around the world. Um, I know that it's a rough time. I know that everybody is, the unknown has people anxious and, and stress levels are up, but I would just encourage you to remain faithful. Go ahead, go online now, do your donation, uh, do what you can. The interesting thing about the Apostle Paul, when he was teaching in the New Testament about giving, he said, on the first day of the week, uh, set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income. In keeping with your income. Right now, you may not have much of an income. Uh, maybe you have, your, continue, your income is continuing to be sufficient for you. Whatever that level is, do it. Do what God's laid on your heart. Do what you can. And I know that God is going to bless that and he's going to multiply that. There's basically five ways to give. Now, we added another way this week. Uh, obviously, the website, you can go there. You can give. You can give through the Church Center app. Uh, you can text your gift to 84321 uh, and text it there. You can mail it in uh, this afternoon during the pop-up here at the church uh, campus from 2 to 4. If you need tithing envelopes, giving envelopes, you can pick those up in the parking lot in front of the office. And we installed this Past week before the stay-at-home order went in place, we installed a drop box uh, off the back of one of the buildings. It's very secure. Uh, it's off the back of the children's building in the door there, the metal uh, steel door. You can see it if you come up. But the stay-at-home order may hinder that, I understand. But uh, there are a lot of different ways that you can give. And then we also did this. We were asked... Um, by a number of folks over the last week or so, uh, is there a way to give to COVID-19 relief? And so we added a tab uh, if you want to do that. This would be obviously over and above your regular giving, but if you want to help people out, uh, we are doing some benevolence work here and there as people find themselves furloughed or, or without a job completely, no source of income, and we're doing what we can uh, to make sure that people have their needs met. Uh, and so you can do that as well. Uh, next Sunday, Easter Sunday, Easter Sunday, we're going to be celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ next Sunday. Uh, I've, got, I've got something that's burning in my heart I just want to share with you. And it's just simply, uh, you've seen the, the graphic on our Facebook page and on our, our social media stuff, no grave. And we're going to be talking about that next Sunday. We're going to do communion together. Uh, right there in your home. So uh, you can come by this afternoon and get an Easter kit uh, between two and four. Uh, we have a gift for you and your family. We have communion supplies. You let them know how many people in your family
family there. We'll give you the, the pre-fab uh, uh, communion supplies there. And then, uh, then, as you heard already in virtual lobby today, we're going to dress up next Sunday. And, uh, and we're going to post stuff on social media. And, and yes, yes, I'm going to wear a suit and tie next Sunday. I don't remember the last time I wore a suit and tie on the platform on a Sunday, but I'm going to do it next Sunday, and so I better see some pictures of you guys out there, hashtag GenuStronger, in your, in your Sunday best, or your, uh, what one of the person, one of the staff said this morning, we've got to dress to the nines, and so uh, kick it up next week. Kick it up next week. We're going to look forward. It's going to be a great day. It's going to be a great day. Today is Palm Sunday. Uh, today is the day that when we read in Scripture, we understand and we celebrate the triumphant entry into Jerusalem by Jesus Christ. They were laying palm fronds in front of him. They were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna uh, to the King and, and all of these things. And that's the beginning of this next week, this Holy Week. Pastor Charlie's going to be meeting with you every morning at 9 o'clock and just kind of leading us through uh, Holy Week this week in our devotions in the mornings. Uh, Pastor Tommy will be back again on Wednesday night to, uh, to our journey through the Psalms. But just, and you've seen the other staffing things for children and with uh, Pastor Luke and Pastor Kira and all of the team that's going on there. But today I just, I, I wanted, I've been praying about this and, and the Lord kind of laid something on my heart a couple of weeks ago. And, and I just felt like that at least in the first couple of weeks of this, I wanted to stay in the life of David. And so I'm going to stay in the life of David today, and it's probably the most famous of all of David's stories, uh, all of his exploits, and that's the story of David and Goliath. Uh, there's so much in this story that we're going to look at, we're going to talk about, but, but as, as people look at this, you know, David is a, he's probably a, a kid somewhere between 12 and 15, 16 years old at this time. Uh, he's been sent there by his dad to check on his brothers. He's taken him some bread and some cheese and some wine and stuff like that. And uh, he gets there and he sees this, this thing going on. And there is, Israel is in their tents and they're all scared to death. And there's this giant hulk of a man named Goliath standing on the opposite hillside screaming at the Lord's army of Israel. And so David walks up and he goes, what's going on? And they, and they go, well, we're all scared to death because this giant is, is threatening everybody. And, uh, and so David goes, well, what happens if some, what happens to the man that kills Goliath? And they, they go into all this spiel of what the king's going to give him and all this kind of stuff. And he goes, I'll fight him. I'll fight him. Now here's this little kid and all these big soldiers are, are stressing out and they're scared. And, and there's this seemingly insurmountable obstacle across the valley to victory. But yet here's this little kid that walks in the scenario and he just says, Hey, here's the deal. I'll fight him. His brother gets onto him. You know, he just really rips into him. And, and finally, the king tries to put his armor on him. All this kind of stuff. And David goes, I can't fight in this. I've got to do it my own way. I've got to fight this thing the way that I know to the fight. And he said, furthermore, I'm not going to let someone like this speak against God the way he's speaking. And so he takes off toward Goliath. He stops in the little stream there, picks up five stones. Now, the Bible is very specific. Why? Why five stones? And there's been a lot of conjecture about this, and we'll talk about that toward the end of the teaching today. But he picks up five stones, and I want you to keep in the back of your mind five stones. And I'll give you the reason, I think, my, my take on it at the very end this morning. But why five stones? What do these five stones represent? A number of years ago, I read a devotional by Max Lucado, and he kind of brought out five ideas surrounding these stones. What do these stones represent as David goes into battle? 
So we see this in 1 Samuel 17, verse 40. He took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. So let's talk about the first stone. The first stone that we see David using is the stone of the past. Everyone else in the camp, in Israel's camp, was quivering. They were scared to death. They were, they were shuddering in their tents. They were hiding from Goliath. They didn't want to have to face this giant. David instantly goes into a, a mode of remembrance. 1 Samuel 34, 17, 34 says this, your servant, he said it to, to the king, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it. I struck it and rescued it from the sheep. I rescued the sheep from its mouth. When, the, when the, the animal turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the Lord. David went into remembrance mode. He remembered past victories. Listen to me this morning, Jen, you and those of you that are listening today. When the enemy tells you that you're going to lose your job, when your enemy tells you you're not going to get through this, when the enemy tells you that you may get this virus, you may get sick, you've got to, everyone and everything are stressed out right now. Do what David did. Go back and remember God's victories in your life. First Chronicles 16 says, remember his marvelous works, which he has done. Begin to make a list of God's successes in your life. Remind yourself of God's past victories in your life. I'm not saying that there's not danger out there. Goliath was a real danger. David didn't, he didn't dismiss the danger. But the reality of it was that David had a history with God and he relied on that history to take him through and give him the passion that he needed to move forward into victory. And you can do the same thing during this present crisis that we're in. The second stone. The second stone is a stone of prayer. Ephesians 6, 18 from the message, Eugene Peterson says this, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard and pray long. That says it all, doesn't it? But what about this one? Last week we were talking from 1 Samuel chapter 30 when David took the ephod and he asked the Lord, hey, I asked God, I need to find out, God, do I do, I do this? What do I do next, God? David prayed. Psalm 59, for you have been my defense and my refuge in the day of my trouble. Psalm 57, be good to me, God, and now I run to you for dear life. I'm hiding out under your wings until the hurricane blows over. Or you could put in virus blows over. I call out to high God. The God who holds me together. And I love this. You will keep in perfect peace, Isaiah, all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. And once again, David, 2515, my eyes are ever on the Lord. If I could give you one word through this entire thing, don't take your eyes off God. Don't take your eyes off God. Use the stone of prayer. Peace is promised to those whose minds are fixed on Jesus. The third stone is the stone of priority. The stone of priority. David guarded God's reputation. No one, he's in, in David's mind, no one was going to trash his God. David fought so that, verse Samuel tells us this in 1746, the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people. But not with sword and spear, this is the Lord's battle and he will give it to us. David saw Goliath as a way for God to show off. He didn't know if he would be alive or dead after the battle. David didn't know if he was going to come out of it as a victory or victor or not. He just knew that there was a battle in front of him and he had to face it. And he was willing to fight and die for God's reputation. 
What if you and I look at this present situation and present circumstance the same way? What if rather being angry and stressed out, we live joyfully and expectantly at what God is doing and is going to do in us and through us during this time? Embrace this time as a time of divine opportunity. How is God going to use you? What is God going to speak to you? What is your future going to be changed to look like because of this situation? Because we always know when we go through trials, when we go through tribulation, when we go through difficulties, that God takes us on the other side and we're more pure than we were before we went in it. We have a different destiny today, folks. And here's the deal. It is a time of divine opportunity. Seize the moment. Let God use you during this time of priority. Number four. The stone of passion. The stone of passion. Verse 48. As Goliath moved closer to attack, David quickly ran out to meet him. I, can you get a picture of this in your mind? Here's this, this little kid. He, he might be a teenager, a young teenager. And here's this giant, this, this towers above him, nine feet tall or so, just this huge man. And he's, he's going to, he's, he just goes, look, I'm going to kill this little guy. But David runs out to meet him. And while he's running, he's reaching into his shepherd bag. He takes out a stone and he begins to wrap it and begins to swing it around. And he hurls it with a swing. And the Bible says he hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank into his head and Goliath fell face down on the ground. David ran toward his giant, not away from it. I'm not telling you to violate stay-at-home orders. That's not what this section is about this morning. What I'm telling you is this, that we face into these things. David faced into the giant that was in front of him. Nobody was betting on David. Not his brothers. His brothers thought that he was a little, little brat. Not the other soldiers. They thought he was just a mouthy little kid. But even his king didn't think he could do it. And certainly not the Philistines and certainly not Goliath. No one was betting on David in this scenario except one individual, and that is the individual that matters most, and that is God. God was betting on David, and guess what? David knew that God was betting on him. You and I need to realize the same thing today. Stop itemizing your problems. Stop listing your hurts. Stop categorizing offense and rejection. What good is that done? Listen to me this morning. God is betting on you. God's money is on you this morning. That's not heresy. That's not anything other than to re the fact that God is saying to you and I, you can do this because I've got you in the palm of my hand and there's no weapon formed against you that's going to prosper. I'm going to carry you to where you need to be. David defeated Goliath because he emphasized the Lord. Mm. Psalm 25, my eyes are ever on the Lord. And then the last one, the stone of persistence. The stone of persistence. So here it is. This is Phil Daniels' idea or opinion, I guess, of why David took five smooth stones from the creek. Why did he take five stones? Some say it's because Goliath had four brothers. And there was one for each of those guys if they come barreling over the hill after he, killed, after he killed their brother. So why did David take five smooth stones from the I don't know. I mean, I know that he had four brothers. I know all of that. The Bible tells us that. But I don't think that had anything to do with it. I don't think it had anything to do with it whatsoever. Here's why. I believe David took five stones from the creek because he didn't think one would be enough. I mean, Goliath's a big guy and David is a little kid. But this is a lot of wisdom in this little guy. A lot of wisdom. He could have been arrogant. I just need one bullet. I just need one rock. But he goes, you know what? 
I don't hit my mark 100% of the time. Sometimes I'm off a little bit. And so if I have to have another bullet, another rock, then I need to have it, I have it in my pouch. He was going to be prepared if it took more than one rock because Goliath is a big dude. It reminded me of a story in the Old Testament in 2 Kings where Jehoash was meeting with the prophet Elisha about, about uh, be, uh, going into battle. And, and uh, Elisha says, actually, it's Elisha's final prophecy. And he says this. He said, tells the king, he said, take the bow and the arrow and shoot an arrow out of the window. When he did that, he said, now take the remaining arrows and strike them on the ground. And, and I, guess, I guess Jehoash felt foolish or something because when you read that, it almost feels like he's perturbed a bit with the prophet because he just takes them and he takes the arrows and he just pops them on the ground three times and he's just kind of like, okay, I did it. I did what you told me to do. I popped them on the ground three times. Then Elisha gets angry in the moment and he says, you should have beaten them against the ground repeatedly to ensure that your enemies are utterly destroyed. Now you will only defeat them three times. What's the moral of this story? What's the point here? The point is persistent pays off. Whatever is going on in your life right now, whatever's happening, the stone of persistence, keep praying, keep reading, keep reaching. Don't stop. Don't give up. Don't quit. When Goliath, Goliath sticks his head up, reach for another rock. Don't let it just be the end of stuff. Recognize that you have ammunition at your disposal. You have the peace that passes all understanding. You have Jehovah Jireh, who is your provider. You have Jehovah Shalom, who is your peace. He is the one that is with you through it all. But be prepared and be persistent. Don't quit. Never stop. Never give up. Don't quit. So this morning, remember these five stones. Remember the stone of the past. God's victories in your life. Remember the stone of prayer because it's essential. My eyes are ever on the Lord. The stone of priority. This is a season of divine opportunity. Let God show off in you and through you. Stone of passion. Face into it. Listen to him. And this is for somebody out there this morning. God's betting on you. God's betting on you. God knows that you can do it in him. And then the last one is the stone of persistence. Don't quit. Never give up. Keep pushing on. Keep moving forward. God's got this and God's got you. Listen to me. Gen you stronger. Amen? Let's bow our heads.